0: welcome to the podcast today we start off with a big accusation against uh, one of the media's darlings ronan farrow uh, was he lying about some of the stuff going on in his book about the accusations against matt lauer and others we the journalism does not look too promising here and we go into that with john ziegler uh, jason buttrell previews tonight's tv show where we're talking about biden and ukraine and the latest audio tape that you have to hear of Biden going through a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about for a long time uh, in Ukraine. We have an Oregon salon owner fined $14,000 for staying open despite the stay-at-home orders. Talk to her. Stephen Moore, the economist, uh, worked with Trump on his economic plans. Uh, He has a new uh, movement he's starting here to try to get the economy going again and a new development with a parallel universe that you... uh, No big deal. Just a throw-in story. Uh, towards the end of the show we'll get into that as well make sure to go to blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn get 10 bucks off a subscription to blaze tv you can get glenn's show tonight uh, also uh, Stu does america every night uh, at 8 p.m eastern and by the way you can also get those shows on youtube tonight they're back to back go to uh, youtube uh, search for Stu, and i'll be the first one there for my show and you can watch glenn's show live on youtube as well tonight and subscribe rate and review to the podcast these are the things we ask you to do because, you know, they make us feel better about ourselves. Here's the podcast.
1: You're
2: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
3: Well, now we have a man named John Ziegler on with us. To speak to us about what's happening in the media and Rowan Farrow, and we take you to Rowan Farrow and the media via Matt Lauer. John, welcome to the program.
4: Glenn, good to talk to you.
3: How are you? you know <laughs>
4: Well, you know, talk to me. You said that I um, uh, have a love-hate relationship with America. I just wish I could find out where the love was. I mean, uh, that, that's the part. That <laughs> you get lots of love me.
3: from us, John. You get lots of love <laughs> from us. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that that look at what you what you write and appreciate. Unfortunately, we're not in a time that is appreciating that, that appreciates people who tell the truth as it is. Some right. people do it. And they're pilloried for it, but they keep doing it. And in the end, they will be remembered as icons uh, of this time. Well, uh, I'll tell my think, wife. I'm, I'll tell my wife that. I'm sure that'll make her feel much better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eat all those icons you can get. Uh, so, uh, so John, you called me. I don't even remember what it was six months ago or so. And uh, I was driving down the highway in uh, California, and you called me, and he said, "You said I just had." a call from matt lauer and i said shut up and you said yeah and he invited me to his house and i went can you tell the story of how this happened uh Mm -hmm. and what it was like because i read your column uh yesterday and i read it again this morning it's it's an amazing tale
4: Yeah, there's so many different aspects to this story. I think for your listeners, there's the backstory, which I'm definitely a huge part of. But then, well, I'm sure we're going to get to the biggest part of the story, which is that Ronan Farrow is a fraud, and that uh, the media is completely broken, especially on this issue of sex abuse allegations. But just as a little bit of of backdrop, uh, I had appeared on the Today Show three times when Matt Lauer was the host, and three very contentious interviews. Uh, He did me no favors. (laughs) We were not buddies. (laughs) Uh, but he respected my work, and he knew uh, I, I was someone who would tell the truth regardless of what the ramifications were for me. Uh, that's kind of my, been my reputation. I'm a, I'll actually defend people I don't even like uh, if I think that they've been wrongly accused. And I think my, right. track record on, my track record on this is pretty outstanding. And so I had kept in touch with one of his producers, and he had contacted that person to get in touch with me. and I went across the country, spent about five or six hours with him. And you, you know me well enough to know, Glenn, that when I do this, this is, this is not a, uh, a softball situation. I'm not, actually, I, when I go into a situation like this, I am trying to prove that the person I'm dealing with or interviewing is actually guilty so, because, right. so that I don't have to deal with this. I don't want this. Right. Okay? This, is, this is not something I'm seeking out. I want to make sure that the, uh, the person that I'm dealing with is telling me the truth and uh, anyone who knows me knows I can smoke out a fraud in about five seconds. So right. uh, when I spent five hours with somebody in their kitchen alone, uh, I got a pretty good sense of it. I already felt like I knew Matt pretty well because we've been in a, a foxhole against each other three times. Uh, and then after that, I wrote a column for Mediate saying, well, there's a, a completely different story here. Ronan Farrow has, in my view, blown this. But there's no way for Matt Lauer to tell his story in this modern media environment, especially post Correct. Me Too, where all the rules have completely changed. The media is completely broken there's not enough scrutiny there's not enough time uh, once the the narrative is set it's over with well i, I wasn't sure what was going to happen at that point when i spoke to you i didn't know you know whether matt would end up doing an, an interview with oprah or whatever uh, yep, anyway yep, matt, yep. matt matt asked me he said look um uh, you know, I, I have all this information that this this book Ronan Farrow wrote is completely false and and provably false, and that Ronan Farrow didn't even bother to check with people he references in the book, including two ex-boyfriends. Of the person that uh, pharaoh uses to accuse me of rape. Now think about how insane that is, Glenn. That two ex-boyfriends are willing to speak to Matt Lauer, a person who who uh, effectively they should have romantic jealousy towards, who can't do anything for them. They're still in the media business, uh, and uh, and you know Matt Lauer is now a pariah, uh, and 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 you know how the media business works. I mean, no nobody wants to do anything to threaten their gig. This is the easiest way to threaten your gig in the world, uh, speaking out on behalf of Matt Lauer against Ronan Farrow. Right. Uh, uh, and, right. and, and these are key people in the book. These are key people that Farrow uses uh, to corroborate this this alleged story of, of, of what he now calls rape that he didn't even check with who tell totally different stories dude, that not only don't corroborate the accuser's story, but say, no, that didn't happen. Let me tell you what really happened. And so Lauer says to me, after, I mean, Hours and hours and hours of conversation. What do I do? Is there there a mainstream reporter that I can can provide this to that will be fair about this? And I did some research. I talked to some people I thought were possible. Uh, I've I've been through these wars before. And I came back to him. I said, Matt, there's no way. You can't do it. The media is so broken that what will happen is if you give the, the information that you have, have accumulated via your own investigation of this, there's not one mainstream reporter at a major outlet that will have the ability and the, and the guts to actually see this through. They will, they, will, they will absolutely turn it against you. They will diminish everything you have found because, because it doesn't do them any good. Because the truth doesn't matter. It's not about the truth. It's about the narrative. It's about making sure you protect your own gig. Do You protect your position in the media club. That's what this is. It's a club. And no one wants to go outside the herd because they'll get run over. And the easiest way to get run over is going up against Ronan Farrow. And so I said, Matt, the only way you can do this is if you write this yourself and use your own celebrity uh, your own journalistic abilities your own connections to the story to personalize it and so this was an incredibly long process. I mean, just insane. I mean, I, 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 I can't even, maybe at some other point, I'll tell you the, the, the full story about all this when we have more time. But, but the, the reality is it was, it was months and months, and it was intended to come out way before this. But obviously the coronavirus situation hit, and there was no way you're going to do that in the, of, in the middle of the pandemic. But then the New York Times... Uh, came out earlier this week via Ben Smith, which I think you are a- accurately described. It was a soft push against ronan farrow saying hey look is ronan farrow really as, as good as he appears to be is he is he too good to be true and let's, let's just say glenn that wasn't a coincidence that that came out uh, when it did and how it did and uh, and this was that there was a plan involved in all this and, and so, that, so that, when-
3: that's actually good news though john that shows that they are softening the landscape to be able to possibly flip. On Ronan Farrell. I mean, it was an amazing story from the New York Times where they were saying, you know, I mean, he's a golden boy. He's great. But maybe he was thrown into the deep end, you know, before he was ready to do journalism. And so he didn't know all of the rules. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's your criticism. He's destroying lives. And that's the way you handle it. Oh, wow. Wow. Amen,
4: and, and to me, the headline of oh, there's so many interesting aspects of this, but the headline of this entire affair is Ronan Farrow is a fraud. He's he's not just okay. a, a bad journalism; he's a fraud. He is a concoction of the news media. They fell in love with him because of Me Too. Yep. He got he got. Yep. Uh, you, you could argue he got. Lucky they fell in love with, with him before
3: they they fell in love with him before i don't know why the guy won all kinds of journalistic uh awards before uh the me too movement he was the darling of the media nobody knew who he was i don't know what happened but there he was you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program let me uh let me switch gears what they just did with craig t nelson was exactly what Stu said scare people into silence they want to make examples of people this is this is saw alinsky 101 make examples of people well the states are doing this all over the country right now and i want to talk to lindsey graham she is another salon owner uh, who is now being fined fourteen thousand dollars for reopening, despite her stay-at-home orders? She has opened her uh, her salon. Welcome to the welcome to the program, Lindsey Graham. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me this morning.
3: All right. So you're in Salem, Oregon, and the question has got to be asked: Why, Lindsey? Why are you in Oregon? <laughs> Why are you? Annoyed?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to question that myself.
3: <laughs> it's such a beautiful state and it's just gone crazy. Um, all right. So they issued you a citation from OSHA because they illegally deemed your independent contractors, the s- stylist in the salon, as your employees. That's Tell me correct. what happened. Tell me what happened.
1: Well, the day before I even opened my salon, which was May 4th, I was in there cleaning and I received a visit from OSHA. And he said it was a friendly visit to let me know what would happen if I choose to move forward opening my doors the next day. What he told me was that he would get a warrant to come in and conduct an investigation and he would cite me $1,000 for violating the mandate. Um, So basically operating a hazardous workplace. And if I didn't comply and shut my doors, would issue me a seventy thousand dollar citation so i i opened my doors regardless and osha did indeed get a warrant and they conducted investigation which i cooperated with Um, i interviewed with them i provided documents and in the end despite all of my truthful answers about my independent contractors he decided at the end of the week that those independent contractors were employees and therefore i was operating a hazardous workplace for my employees and he cited me $14,000 and uh, gave me 3 days to close my doors. But well, my it's pretty attorney- easy
3: to it's it's pretty easy to know if you these are contractors or employees. I mean they they your there's, records would show that.
1: Yes, there's there's a very very definite and clear difference and like I said, I was very truthful because I knew that they were independent contractors and there was no way they could be deemed employees. So it'll be interesting in court to see how they decided they were employees. They're, they're citing examples. Like if I have a dress code or if I allow them to use the, the same scheduling system, then they become employees, which is, which is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't, I can't have rules in my salon for my independent contractors. And if I do, that the state can decide that they're employees, which changes my entire business structure. So this is alarming for salons around the, around the United States um, that they're, that they're going to try to do this.
3: So, Lindsay, why are they doing this to you, do you think? What, what's happening?
1: I'm, I'm positive that they're, they're using every possible government organization to try to bully and intimidate me into shutting my doors. They have used um, OSHA, Health Licensing Office, CPS, Child Protective Services, if you can believe it. They've used the city of How? Salem to threaten the
3: How? 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 Wait, 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 wait. How were they using CPS?
1: Uh, so I opened my doors to my salon on May 5th, and on May 8th, Child Protective Services showed up at my home when I was at work to question my home about a, quote, claim that my household was uh, endangering my children.
3: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Lindsay, how are you so calm about this?
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm livid, and I've already cried and bawled and screamed, and I, I, have, I have no words for, for the tactics that the government's using against me, but I've had time to kind of to adjust my thinking and, and come up with a plan of attack, um, or defense even, if you will, um i'm not calm but i have a really great team of attorneys and we are going to tackle this head on because it's very very clear that there is bullying and intimidation by the government directed at me and my family and my business
3: i when i mean you come after my business that's one thing you come after my family oh my gosh i would lose my mind i'd lose my mind um so this is you think this is being coordinated from the governor's office
1: Uh, I do. Yes, I really do. Um, And there's been some things that have come to light that can back that theory up uh, very prominently. And so we are confident that there is there are higher ups that are conducting these pulling these strings directed at me.
3: Can you can you tell us any of those things that have come up?
1: I don't believe I can. They just, they, my attorney okay, found them right. yesterday and, um, but I think eventually they will come to light and they'll, they'll, come to light in court. Um, but we are, we are shocked at some of the things that we're finding out that have been done. So, uh, I, I would encourage to stay tuned. it's going to be interesting.
3: Why did you open up in the first place? Why don't you just opened, go along to get along? Why don't you just do
1: I, that? I would have loved to have done that, but I also would have loved to have kept my home and kept my businesses and kept, you know, the, the life that I've worked 15 years for, um, my husband and I own six businesses and we actually, I actually took four weeks off for maternity leave before the quarantine. And so we had not budgeted for a government shutdown. No one would, no one has budgeted for a government shutdown. And at the four week mark, I said, Listen, we're going to lose these businesses. We're going to we're choosing to pay our mortgage instead of the leases on these. The the government hasn't come through with their loans and their grants and their unemployment money that we don't want anyway. We want to we want to work and we want to run our businesses the good old fashioned American way. We're hard workers. And at 4 weeks I said we can't survive this if I don't go back to work and th- we make most of our income for me being a hairstylist and taking clients and having my salon open. And honestly, I wanted my, my stylists that, that work there to be able to come in and run their business and do their clients. So I said, ladies, I'm doing this. And if you want to join me, let's let's make a living because you know we're all going to lose everything we've worked for if we don't. And so that was the decision I made. And um, I actually didn't mean for it to go public. <laughs> I shared a story about it in a Facebook group and um, I didn't realize it was a public group and it started getting shared. So I went uh oh, well this is making the news now, so I guess I have to do it. <laughs> um right. but I have to do And over is that drive.
3: do you think uh, is that is the town supportive of you at all?
1: Um I'm I'm really disappointed in Oregonians. They are they are less supportive of me than the entire nation is. When this went local, um, I had to endure quite a bit of verbal and, and uh keyboard abuse.
3: You gotta get out of there. Um you got to yeah, get out of there, yeah. S- know, S- sincerely. You got to come to Texas. Yeah. Our governor they put a so they put a in Texas in Dallas they put a salon uh, owner in jail, and our governor and our governor went nuts. And she's out of jail, and we're not arresting anybody anymore. Uh, I yeah. mean that's that's what bad. you need. This this governor yeah. is. I mean your whole state's out of control.
1: Right. All we're asking for is a little support. We I, I don't understand how that's a controversial or political issue it's to not. be able to earn your living. So I'm I'm very confused why this is such an uproar that I needed to work and provide for my family. It's very interesting to to watch, but it, it's it's I'm very thankful the nation has rallied behind me. I'm I'm getting positive encouraging messages and prayers from all over America and I am brought to tears most days from the support. So very
3: thankful for that that's great Lindsay. thank you so much for talking to us we're going to follow your story when when you you, please stay in touch with us our producers will stay in touch with you but we want to know what's going on and if there's any way we can help you um we will absolutely stand with you so thank you so much Lindsay. thank you so much god bless you bet um tonight this this is another rosa parks and there's going to be a lot of people on the left how dare you what what was what was rosa parks what was she doing she just wanted to ride a bus no big deal just ride a bus i just i just look the seats are the seats are empty here uh if somebody if somebody who's white comes in and and they want to sit down i'll i'll, I'll even get up but there's nobody on the bus I, i'll sit here that wasn't good enough that's so simple this it's the same thing here this is somebody saying, look, I, I, I've got to put food on my table. I have put food on my table and I, I'll do all of your little, you know, masks, things and everything else. I'll do all that. But I'm going to go back to work because I'm going to lose everything I have. And so are all the people that work around me and work with me. So I want to do that. That's a right. That is a right. You have a right to feed yourself. You have a right to be able to pursue your happiness. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the
0: intent of the underlying policy is, is a lot different. But when you talk about the base need here, this is the need to the most basic need you can have. I need to be able to feed it's my family. Made I need to America, have shelter. America,
3: people came here because they could be free to chart their own course. Anything that that stands in the way of doing that, uh it, is absolutely beyond reason when you're talking about something like the coronavirus. Flatten the curve, we flatten the curve. open the country back up. And you know what's amazing? if this was Donald Trump doing this, the woman, if they, she, if she was uh, being, being having feds come in and sicked on her, because of Donald Trump, the press would be all over it. But because it's an Oregon governor and because it's a Democrat, oh no, no, everything is fine. This is obscene. It's a new civil rights movement, and I want you to watch tonight. We're gonna ha- we have a whole, a whole hour of these kind of people who are standing up because something's happening in America. It's a new civil rights movement. And we'll show it to you tonight at 9 o'clock only on Blaze TV. Please join us and become a member. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Let me give you a story on Ukraine that's just breaking now. The infamous story of Joe Biden's effort to force the firing of Ukraine's chief prosecutor in 2016 has taken a new legal twist in Kiev, or Kiev, just as the uh, former vice president is sewing up his presidential nomination in America. In Kiev last month, District Court Judge uh, S.J. Volk ordered the country's law enforcement services to formally list the fire prosecutor Victor Shokin as a victim of an alleged crime by the former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, according to an official English translation of the ruling obtained by Just the News. Uh, The court has previously ordered the prosecutor general's office and the State Bureau of Investigation in February to investigate Shokin's claims that he was fired in spring 2016 under pressure from Biden because he was investigating Burisma Holdings. The court ruled that there is now adequate evidence to investigate his claims that Biden pressured the then uh, president Petro Poroshenko. Uh, including a threat to withhold a billion dollars in loan guarantees. But when the law enforcement agencies opened the probe, they refused to name Biden as the alleged perpetrator of the crime, instead listing the potential defendant as an unnamed American. Volk uh, uh, ruled that anonymous listing was improper and ordered the law enforcement agencies to formally name Joe Biden as as the accused perpetrator. This is stunning. Now, there is there is audio of this, and we bring Jason Batrill back in. He is our uh, chief researcher. Uh, he has been on this Ukraine story now with me for, what, almost a year and a half. And uh, we have the audio. Do you want to set this up, Jason? Yeah, so I'm not
5: sure which, because there's multiple clips, but I think that um, this clip that we're about to play here is Joe Biden and... Poroshenko right as they were discussing, right after Joe Biden said, hey, can you get this prosecutor Shokin fired for me? And Poroshenko calls uh, Joe Biden back up, and he says this.
4: before Vice President Biden comes, I just wanted to try to urge you to see if there's a way to get by this problem of replacing the
3: prosecutor general. This uh, you know, is John Kerry.
2: Yesterday, I met with the General Prosecutor, Yes. Yeah. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about him so, doing something wrong, I especially asked him... No, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a his... Position as a state person, and despite of the fact that he has a support in the power, and as a finish of my meeting with him, he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation. And one hour ago, he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Hey, Mr. President, Joe Biden. How are you? Very well indeed. As usual when I hear your voice. Thank you very much. Well, you are
4: doing very well. Congratulations on... uh, I'm getting the new prosecutor general i know there's a lot more that has to be done but i really uh i really think that's i think that's good uh and i understand you're working with the rod in the coming days on a number of additional laws to secure the imf so but congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general it's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage that shokin did and I'm a man of my word. I, uh, and that now that the new prosecutor general's in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new one billion dollar loan guarantee. Jeez,
3: holy
0: <laughs> cow, yeah, that's definitely, holy cow.
3: definitely both of them. There's no question
0: that's the both of their voices. No, question. oh, yeah.
3: And, and, and the there is Shokin saying, We have no evidence of any wrongdoing, there are no charges against him. So, when biden said everybody knew everybody knew well the president of the country that was friendly to you guys this is not the current guy this is the old guy that was friendly to hillary and and obama and totally corrupt he even said there is no evidence on that but i'm going to do it as a favor to you so i can keep my promises holy cow is that kind of important Little bit, little yeah. bit, yeah. And you, bit. and and, to, and to go off of what Stu was just
5: saying. I, the Washington Post is reporting on this as if it's verified. I've reached out to the, to them to say if anyone off the record has verified the legitimacy. It seems very authentic. We just haven't verified it yet. I actually, right now, I just missed a call from one of my sources in Ukraine, who I'm gonna call back as soon as I get off with you. We're still trying to figure this out, but this sounds like to me, it sounds like an intercept. Now, if you listen to the entire audio, it's frightening. Because they say you you hear the White House uh, operator. You hear there's many times they're saying I'm calling from Air Force Two at the moment. I hope the call doesn't get dropped. It's insane. This appears. I don't like think a this isn't. An an,
3: I don't think it is. I really don't. I think this is uh, Ukrainian. I mean, it is not. He's clear that that that's being recorded on his end on the on the um, President Poroshenko's end. That sounds like a recording, yeah. from his room. Yeah, he's got it on this speaker. Is, this, yeah, this is them. This is this is from Ukraine. The thing with you don't the, think so? Well, I,
5: it's it's very suspect because of the people that released this. The, his name is Andrei Durkach and he's a, a Ukrainian member of parliament. He's very very pro Russia. Very very pro Russia. Um, his dad was in the KGB. He actually learned at a KGB university himself uh, when he was younger. And now he represents a block within Ukraine that's very, very pro-Russian. Now, many people will say, this is important to know, because many people will say, oh, it's just Putin trying to give Trump another leg up. That's total bull. This has
3: nothing to do with U.S. politics. The only thing Mm -hmm. this has to do is Ukrainian politics and the Western media. So listen, when we talk to, who is that guy that was uh, part of the in the uh the ag up uh, over there and then he went to work for the embassy remember the the ukrainian guy what was his yes. name uh, andrey teloshenko okay so teloshenko said to me and i thought this was interesting he said you know we thought we had uh we, we were gonna have freedom we, we and you guys are just doing the same thing to us that russia was doing And I think this is a Russian uh, leak, but not meant for the United States, instead meant for the Ukrainians, because the Ukrainians will see how corrupt we were and what we were doing. And if we don't clean it up here any hope that we have that the ukrainian people would be pro american and 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 ally with us which we need otherwise they go to the russians the, if the ukrainians say there's no difference between vladimir putin and the united states of america we're toast we're toast and that's yeah. the message that the ukrainians are getting look look at this other look at this other story this one comes from uh, the uh, let me see if I can get it. Uh, the Kiev Post, okay, Ukraine's global voice. What do you know about the Kiev Post? Do you I, know I, anything
5: I, ab- I, I, balanced, I've, one way or another? I've seen them uh, very, very kind of ostrich head in the sand on a lot of this stuff in the past.
3: Okay. So here's what they just they just released more of this audio. And the headline is Ukrainian MP releases Biden Poroshenko call recordings and spouts absurd conspiracy theory. Now, the recordings that they have that they are releasing that we haven't played for you yet, but we will tomorrow uh, are the uh, conversations that they allege between Biden and George Soros and Poroshenko. And how Soros and Biden were working together with the United States to exert—and listen to this—exerted undue influence over the Ukrainian government under Poroshenko. <laughs> so what's happening is this is local politics, this is Ukrainian politics, but they are using our bad things to turn people against us. Amazing! And Do you think this is something. Chance? You think there's a chance?
5: Absolutely. I mean, we, we've we already exposed a lot of this on uh, when when you did Democrats Hydra. I mean, this is just further, you know, uh, this is further verification, verification. We, we've shown you the documents. So, they're, they're out there.
3: There is one other story that you need to know. This is coming from the Washington Examiner. Democrats on the Homeland Security Committee are urging their Republican counterparts to please prioritize the coronavirus pandemic over their investigation related to Hunter and, and Joe Biden and Burisma Holdings in Ukraine. Oh, my gosh. Tuesday, in a letter to Senator Ron Johnson, the Wisconsin Republican who heads the committee, Democrats requested an immediate hearing to examine the federal government's response to the pandemic, which has now killed over 90,000 people and affected blah, blah, blah. This pandemic presents an ongoing threat to our national and economic security. And we're continuing to face dire warnings from public health officials, please our committee has a responsibility to ask tough questions on the pandemic pandemic response and to get answers for the american people unbelievable the gall of these people to now use the pandemic to say hey 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 what are you doing wasn't that what we were saying the whole time about trump uh, what are you doing? Why are you spending all this money? what you know get back to work with the American people now that they're being exposed and all of this is being verified now they're all of a sudden hey let's not have hearings let's not mm that's bipartisan why aren't we just being so bipartisan Jason, Thank you so much uh and we'll have a report hopefully from you tomorrow uh, with a little bit more on these uh recordings and uh and show you the latest on on barack obama uh george soros and joe biden it's not going to end well it's just not going to end well